This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This is the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show 79. I'm your host, Eric Renderking-Fisk. In this show that was recorded in early February, I caught up with co-host Doug Palumbo, and we talked about the passing of some of our childhood heroes, and how it's our turn to step up to the plate and become the heroes we've always imagined. And then we talked about rabid fanboys gone wild. That's all coming up next on the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show. Stay tuned. Were you going to say we haven't had a date in a long time? Is that what you were going to say? We haven't had a podcast in a while. Okay. All right. So, what have you been up to lately in, 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 in the realm of all things retro? Uh, unfortunately, not much. I've been doing a lot of, you know, real world stuff. Uh, I got a new job last February. Well, same company, but a promotion. So, that has consumed literally all of my time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I know I'm making excuses. I probably could um, squeeze time in for podcast or whatever so but, um but i'm so tired when i get home that i just you know uh you just can't you can't crash function. out yeah I, I just can't deal you can't function it's all right i totally understand i get it I, so i get it you know i i'm off to work at uh you know i wake up at 5 30 yeah and then i get home about quarter to seven yeah so you know it's just a long day and i'm making excuses is what i'm doing well i but, I, th- uh, I think that you don't have to beat beat yourself up <laughs> too much because i mean it's great the thing is is like it you know what? It's it's sort it's sort of like uh, Lord of the Rings, where everybody goes off in their separate directions, and then they come back together. You know, towards the end of the story, and they have great things to share with each other, and and it keeps things interesting. I think so. But this isn't Fellowship of the Rings. This is this is Fellowship of the Retro. So, uh, yeah, I, so. I, I don't know. I'm just I, hey, listen, I'm just making conversation, just just killing time for the audience, so that the audience. My uh, my phone keeps dinging off, so I apologize. I'm going to put it on vibrate. Mm, okay, because that's how I, I know you like it that way i know I, I i love it when i'm just like i'm somewhere i'm just driving or going somewhere Who, who's 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 making my leg vibrate what's what's the story with that so while you're doing that i think that uh there are um, yeah, i'm on. still here yeah i i think that uh i don't know i think we have a lot to talk about and i don't know where to begin i i think that one of the things that uh it's it what is this this is february 8th um for the for the listeners who don't know this is recorded on february 8th 2018 and and I think that tonight we're just going to stick to um, pop culture, as it were, talking about um, what do we have to look forward to in the realm of movies and what. Well, that's how we kind of started the podcast, you know, back in the, the old days yeah. when it was just uh, you and then you and me for quite a while. And then I kind of, you know, faded off into the sunset yep. for a bit. Yep. And I would pop in from time to time. But that's how we kind of started the, the podcast. And, yeah. you know, so maybe, yeah, we'll go, you know, we'll do uh, meta retro and go back to where we kind of started. Exactly, exactly. So the one thing that I, I I don't think I've had enough time to talk to you about, because in the past year, Carol and I have discovered um, in the realm of retro, um, uh, Franny Fisher's Mysteries on Netflix. 
it's a gr- it's it's Miss Fisher's mysteries. Miss, Miss Fisher's the the books are called Franny Fisher murder mysteries because we actually I did look, not know that they're actually a series of books um, that you can actually get from Audible. They're not a sponsor of ours, but we do have we're in a we're in a Amazon affiliate, and uh, you can actually go and listen to the the stories. We've I think that we just started listening to one earlier this week, and it's pretty good. Um, it's different, but the but uh, God, I love that show. There's something about that show. Me too. It's short lived though. It, it, yeah, and you know, but like you said, it it's well done. Like the the costumes and the set dressing and the cars and everything is 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 you know pretty accurate. But you could you could sort of tell they're modern people. You know, play acting. Yeah, but. Um, I don't know her name, but the actress that plays Miss Fisher is just like uh, she's exactly what you'd think uh, a woman from that time period would be like if she was, you know, kind of full of spunk. Exactly. And uh, she she just she sells the show. Yes. If there are any flaws in the show, they're made up because she is so perfect in that role. She really is. And the thing is, we'll have a link to um, Miss Fisher's mysteries on the show page. Um, but the thing that's that's something that we were really sort of hooked on for. And and we've actually sat through and we've watched the series in the past year. We actually sat down and we watched it twice straight through. Um, it's one of those things where it's like I love to just sit down with my wife while having dinner and 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 binge watch a couple of episodes of that like right in a row. Um, Absolutely, that's that's a that's a great one. But uh, you know what? I wanted to get a hold of you and I wanted to ask you what did you think of of movies in two thousand eight uh, seventeen? Let me see. We've seen a, we saw a few. Um, how far back do you? want to go uh you know let's let's go back let's go back to august or you know what i think the last movie we talked about the last movie you and i talked about i don't know if we did it on the phone or whether we did it on the podcast uh guardians of galaxy volume two it was probably on the phone yeah i'm guessing yeah uh i thought it was probably what you can expect from uh as a sequel from a movie that was so i don't want to say groundbreaking because it wasn't groundbreaking but it was refreshing because the characters were highly flawed um you know they were, you know, the the quote unquote lovable rogues. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but it was refreshing because it was different. It's been done before, but it hasn't been done in a long time. Yeah. And that that kind of storytelling. And uh, it was definitely very much like a Western in terms of like, you know, like the uh, Magnificent Seven or something where it, it, yeah. these band of people that don't like each other get together and sort of become friends in the process of helping somebody out. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was a good movie. I mean, it had had everything you wanted. It was funny. It was action packed and had some heart, especially the beginning part with his mother getting sick. Yeah. And all that. And You're talking about the so, first one. The first one. The the first movie, right. And then the second one comes along and you get, you know, the trailers are all great. You get all excited. And it's not that I didn't like it. It's just that it wasn't it wasn't the first one. It's very difficult. They people always say, you know, capturing that lightning in a bottle. And it's difficult to do that. Uh especially on that kind of a scale. Yeah. You know, visually it was great. The the effects were fantastic and everything thing and I love Kurt Russell and yep but just it was it kind of fell kind of fell a little flat you know like when you open a bottle of soda and you know you're thirsty and you really want that <laughs> kind of carbonation and you take a sip and it's just a little flat I'm going to say something you know? here and I don't want to bring the mood of the podcast down because people don't listen to me ramble on about depressing stuff on this podcast or at least I hope they don't uh, if you do get a life um I have not I have not done a podcast with you since my father died
died. And I have not done mm-hmm. a podcast with you uh, since seeing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It was a really rough movie for me to see because I saw it so soon after my dad died. And the thing is, is no, that, yeah. spoiler alert, Star-Lord, Peter Quill, finds his dad, Ego, and has to deal with the fact that, you know, this guy is his dad and his dad's a planet, but his dad is also this being. And it's really kind of convoluted. You can't, you try and try and explain it to people. And it was just like, it, 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 it is what it is. And um, the whole idea of you have to kill your dad to save the galaxy. I don't, I don't, I don't know. How do you deal right. with that? How do you deal with that? And I had a lot and of, like, you know, like you said, spoilers, but uh, so if you don't want to know, turn, turn away. But the, uh, you know, it's, it's also, you know, about the, uh, he always, without ever knowing his dad, he always saw his dad as this thing, this like, uh, this idealized version of what he thought a dad should be. Right. And then he met him and he was all those things. And then he slowly finds out his dad's kind of a piece of shit. And it, uh, he had, like you said, he had to make sacrifices to save, you know, he had to take everything away from himself to save everybody else. Peter Quill. Yeah. And, uh, so I can understand how that could be a little tough to watch. It was not, I'm not going to lie. It was really, really difficult. I'm actually looking for the release date. Oh, it drives me crazy. How hard? How hard could it be? Tell me. How the many times day. have we had a? Yeah, let's let's bring it down a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, my dad. My dad died uh, about two years before yours. And have we? I don't What's even it? know if we we haven't done a podcast very often since then either. So no, no. And the thing is, is I think that because the thing is, is that there was a lot of things. Whereas when my dad died, and and I know that this is going to sound really sad because my dad, I knew my dad was sick. And the thing is, is that he and I were estranged because. Because of all the smoking and the horrible eating, he wasn't fat. He, if anything, he was sickly thin. Um, and the thing is, is that my all the bad aspects of my dad was amplified when his mind started to go. And right. and the th- he had like no temper. He'd throw things. He was he what he was a he was a six three, uh, two hundred ten pound fucking toddler. Pardon my French, but he was he was like he was like a giant toddler. And you could not I, you would not hear the word no. And the thing is, it got to the point where I was just to protect my kids and to protect the rest of my family, I kind of had to keep him away from from them because of his temper tantrums. And when he died, I knew it was, I knew it was, uh, I, I knew it was happening, I, but I didn't know it was going to actually happen when it happened. And it happened because he was, I th- he was born on June 17th. He, June, he died June 18th this past year. And then the next day was Father's Day. And it was, it was like, <laughs> that was like, that was a shit shitty weekend <laughs> but you but you know what made me even sadder though um when roger moore passed away i don't know why yeah. i was i was so affected when roger moore passed away well for me it was uh adam west adam so it was adam west roger moore and my dad and something else bad happened like around that time frame and it was like oh crap yeah. i'm trying to re- and the thing is is that we were going to do this show and i think i i guess we're accidentally doing it now where it was just like we've reached the age where our male role models are passing away and um see i mean i was not in a, a a fan of the original tv batman um until like much later and it was like it's a show that i can casually watch and i can enjoy it and that's okay but adam west was such a cool dude when it came to the fans yeah he, well he didn't start out that way but he certainly became that way and much like you know stan lee is not a perfect person and you know he had a lot of help doing all that work creating those characters sure he's become he's become more than that he's become an ambassador 
ambassador for the, uh, you know, all comic book lovers out there. And same with Adam West. He became like an ambassador for all things kind of pop culture and nerdy. And, you know, he he created that character of Adam West. Yeah. And um, it, it was, you know, he was more than Batman. But, you know, I loved him. I, I, I loved the show when I was a kid and I love it now. And, you know, on different levels, I can enjoy it. And uh, yeah, that one, I have to say, some people who listen to this might not like what I say this, but sure. I was more affected by when Adam West died than when my dad died. I was more affected when um, Roger Moore passed away. Because um, the thing is that it was just like, because the thing is like you and I, we have an idealized version because you and I have a similar background. I didn't from the age of four and a half to a month shy of my 18th birthday. I did not see my dad. My dad was no part of my life. Zero, zilch, nada, nothing except for maybe two or three letters, but no face to face contact. He had nothing to do with me and I had nothing to do with him from 74 to 87. So there wasn't anything. But the thing is, it was like, and he was, he's like, he was kind of like, he fits into that sort of like that quartet of, of, of heroes for me. Harrison Ford, William Shatner, Lee Majors, Roger Moore. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh God, I'm missing somebody. And it was just like, and Tom Baker. And it was like, those are the the five people that I idolized. um, That's more than a quartet. Let's, let's do that again. Harrison Ford. <laughs> Harrison Ford. Uh, you, you know, I have to always put in humor where there's. You, you always did because this is getting. So Roger Moore, Lee Majors, William Shatner, Roger Moore, Tom Baker. That's five. Yeah. You said quartet. How much is it a quartet? Four? Four. Okay. Uh, okay. So, but the thing is, and it was just like, I mean, you could, I mean, like once every year or once every other year, James Bond was going to be in the movie theater as Roger Moore or Roger Moore as James Bond. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, he was my James Bond. I remember seeing for your eyes only the same year in the movie theater as I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark and there's a part of me in my heart the two were intertwined intertwangled as as it were and I think that for your eyes only was one of the greatest spy movies of the 80s or at least the first half of the 80s it was a, it was a great film and it wasn't cheesy it wasn't over the top like the spy who loved me or Moonraker which is an abomination to the original book and there was something about Roger Moore whereas and it's like and I was watching one of the Roger Moore movies and the thing is is that you know how he has those like bad puns or those dad jokes after like yes. somebody dies or something like that and we were watching um uh the spy who loved me and he had this like really sort of like che- like like cheesy line and my at my everybody in my family just turned they looked at me and they kind of said simultaneously so that's where you got that like when you see like in an action movie where somebody like gets impaled with like a harpoon or something like that and i say ooh, th- i guess he got the point <laughs> that, yeah exactly <laughs> That's it. That's 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 Roger Moore. And that's where I got that. Um, and it was it was just like and he was he was very suave and he was um, I don't even know how to say this. He was just he, he was just this kind of like he was like your crazy British uncle that uh, had all these like really crazy stories. And he and, you, you know, you'd want to be him to some extent, some way, shape or form. So. Right. And it was. And, and the thing is, is that I emulated. I He was one of the people that I emulated when I was growing up as a kid because I didn't have a, a father figure there every day of, of the week. Yeah, and it was, I know. And it was, um, God, I'm going to be a mess when, when, it, when if Harrison Ford or William Shatner passes away, you know? Because, <laughs> I mean, I mean and this is it. And it was like, I never understood when people had, you know, older people used to say when their heroes would pass away, like James Arnez or something would pass away. And I remember somebody, I think it was like one of my uncles had said, oh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, uh, I lived too long. You know, when you find out 
that your heroes that you thought were immortal, no, they're just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Do you have a favorite Roger Moore memory? Hmm. I don't know. He was definitely my first Bond. Yes. Like, he's the he, he he's the Bond that I first remember. Um, He's not my favorite. I have to, my favorite is Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Um, but um, I just think he was saddled with bad movies. I did not. But overall, think... I think he was a good Bond. Yeah. Um, but Roger Moore. Yeah, he 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 holds a special place because, like I said, he was the Bond during my, uh, you know, formative early teenage years. And uh, as as bad as some of his Bond movies are, like you were talking about Moonraker and such that. Uh, but I'll always watch him. Right. Because of him, because he was so just damn charming. Yeah, he was. He was. Ex- he, I mean, he was. It was charm. He had that. He just exuded that. I don't even know what to call it. What do you call that? Charm. Charm. He had. He he had. He had. Uh, he had that. That I don't know. I I don't want to use any kind of clicheish kind of. Um. But yeah. So wow. That's that's a bunch. So hey, let's 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 move on to. Um. I, you know what? I've not actually been able to ask you what you thought of the Last Jedi. Well, I was going to ask you since we've already talked about our dad's dying. You want to talk about like our grandma's dying or anything like that? <laughs> I mean, your favorite dog passing away or, you know, something, you know, you really want to bring it down. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to bring it down, bring it down. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you about the the, uh, the Last Jedi. So let's see. This is probably going, you know, a lot of people have already listened to a lot of podcasts about this stuff, but we haven't talked about no, it. No, and that's and that's the most important thing. Exactly. Uh, it's about making us happy. Um, exactly. It's about us. Uh, us making us happy by making them happy by making us happy. I was very like when it started and you got the opening crawl and you know the music. It's like I'm gonna see Luke Skywalker again. You yes. know what I mean? Like yes. it was the same kind of feeling that I got when I was watching um uh The Force Awakens. Like this, uh, you know, I'm gonna see you know the bands getting back together. Exactly. And and I don't know. I I, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't in love with it at all. Right. And you know, it was as as kind of wacky and zany as uh carrie fisher could be in real life yeah uh she was still like regal and in her own way charming as princess leia and i just didn't get the whole uh floating through space thing i mean i i I understand it but i i don't understand why they chose to portray it that way right you know she never in any of the movies shows any sort of uh force ability you know you assume that she has it because of luke and her, her 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 lineage right but she never really shows it outside of a little precognition. Exactly. And, um, you know, so I don't know if they're pulling that from like the, the, the books or the extended universe or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, it, it was like a payoff for, you know, something we not necessarily wanted. It's like wanted told in that way because right. I wanted to see her do more, maybe show a little force aptitude. But exactly. That was like beyond force lightning or, you know, communing with force ghosts or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. This was like you survived not only an explosion, but the vacuum of space. Exactly. And I thought that the special effect that they the, the way they showed her floating in. Yeah. Unless I'm not understanding the symbolism or anything, but it just it, it, it looked bad. Like it looked um, poorly done. Not, and not nearly as bad as Superman's mustache. But <laughs> no, no, but close. <laughs> but it was. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, it was like I liked it. I liked the fact it was very much like Empire Strikes Back, of course, where. Yeah. You know, it kind of ends on a downer. Yeah. And uh, the, you know, not all the characters win. Actually, quite a few lose something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I liked Poe Dameron. I liked all the characters. I even liked Rose. Um, I loved Rose. Don't get me wrong. I loved yeah, Rose. Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought that was an, I don't know if I would have, again, told the story that way, but I liked her character. Um, And I, but I feel cheated. Like, we never 
got to see Han and Luke together. We never got to see Luke and Leia back together. Yeah. And in the flesh. The, right. And, you know, that, you know, was real, not his force projection. Right. And Spoiler alert. <laughs> the, well, you know, we already said that earlier. If, yeah. Listen, you should see it by now. But and like even with Chewbacca, it was like when Chewbacca and Leia finally hugged, it was like, eh, you know, I, I'm not saying that I, I want to see a whole movie with the old characters again. But, you know, I would have liked to at least have seen Han and Luke, you know, shake hands. Yeah. You know, something. And so I don't know. I hate saying this, but hopefully it's a setup for a giant payoff in the ninth movie. So we'll see. Just I don't know. I'm going to say something that's going to drive people crazy. Um, Return of the Jedi was not a great movie. It's not by far the best Star Wars movie ever made. Um, no, it isn't. Uh, it's obviously Star Wars was really good, really damn good. It's a great movie, standalone movie. It's great. The Empire Strikes Back is awesome because it exceeds expectations and it does something that you would never expect a sequel to do. It allows the bad guys to win and allows the good guys to escape barely to survive another day. Barely. Return of the Jedi is obviously chock-a-block full of stuff to line uh, the toy shelves from product from Kenner, obviously. There's a lot of things that were missing from Return of the Jedi, and for me, the movie doesn't even actually start until Luke and Vader are on the catwalk in Endor, and they they have that confrontation for the first time, that talk. And that is probably the, that when they when they say, hey, you know, it's like, I, 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 I know your true name is Anakin Skywalker, or that name means nothing to me, that whole thing. That's when the movie really sort of begins for me. I think everything else with the Ewoks and Jabba's Palace, that's just freaking filler. That's that's sort of like on a bet between Jim Henson and George Lucas. How many Muppets can we fit in this movie before fanboys freak the funk out? Um, yeah, I possibly. I mean, I would have liked to have, you know, in retrospect, you know, I know Lawrence Kasdan wrote, um, I don't know all the details of everything, right. but I know he wrote Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him direct Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah. I don't know who did. I don't remember. Richard, Richard Marquand, who did a, he, Richard Marquand did a great movie called Eye of the Needle. Um, it's a phenomenal movie. Stars, um, I think it's Carrie Nulligan and Donald Sutherland. It's a World War II spy movie. It's it's a phenomenal World War II spy movie where this woman whose whose husband becomes a cripple because of a car accident during World War II. She falls in love with a, with a, with a man who is trying to help her out, help the run the household. Um, turns out to be a Nazi. Up, oh, spoiler alert! It's a great movie. Um, and the thing is that it was like I don't think that he was the perfect choice to do Return of the Jedi. I think that I would have liked to have seen David Lynch have a have a bite of the apple. Um, I, I don't know about that. Or Steve, well, I, I mean, gonna, yeah, I don't know about David Lynch, but the um, I was going to say Lawrence Kasdan because one of my favorite movies of all time is Silverado. Yes, and yes. just the the dynamic between the characters and the dialogue and you know the good guys and the bad guys it, it was a very classic um story right and not 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 only the way it was acted but the way it was constructed and directed and written and Lawrence Kasdan was that movie yeah and I would have liked to have seen him take that and make Return of the Jedi and it would have been yeah. phenomenal yeah um and, and here's the thing I can go 
in, I can watch a Star Wars movie in the theater and just get caught up in the moment. I can just get caught up in it and I can just enjoy the hell out of it and and I can be moved by it and and I don't even see the plot holes. I I it's just listen, the original Star Wars movies have a ton of um plot holes in them. Empire Strikes Back has a couple of plot holes. Return of the Jedi has some really bad plot holes. Um and the the way that they retcon the entire situation between um, Leah and Luke is creepy as all hell. But we look past that. We can look past that because when we saw those movies, we were mere kids. Right. And the thing is, is that um, Star Wars carries on with the tradition of sweeping you into this huge, long adventure. It's about two hours, two and a half, maybe even almost three hours. And and they're spectacles. They are these epics. These are these little space opera, space tragedies, whatever. And the thing is, is that when the movie is done, I'm done and I go about my business. I get caught up in the special effects, the music, the acting, the style of acting that is very reminiscent of, of the, the World War II um, 30s and 40s serials from, from that era. I can just enjoy it um, yeah. and just get on with my life. And I, I can I cannot get into the whole thing about how, oh, they're just, the, the, the sequels are not as good as as the prequels in the original trilogy. I mean, are you, are you, are you kidding? I think it's, a, I think it's embarrassing with the way that the people are bad-mouthing the sequel trilogy by elevating the prequels as if the prequels were fantastic. Like, the prequels... Listen, no. You thought the prequels sucked back then, okay? They're just as bad now as they were then. They're Look, they're, they're, just, they're just science fiction movies. The space fantasy, family movies, family drama movies, and bad stuff happens right. to everybody, okay? Now, again, I don't like the prequels, but I don't begrudge anybody who does. Just like, you know, because uh, that's their Star Wars. Right. I mean, that's just like uh, our parents going, uh, the Star Wars stuff is nonsense. It's garbage. It's not, you know, uh, it's not, oh, that Harrison Ford, he's no uh, Jimmy Stewart. Exactly. (laughs) So it's the same thing. It's always going to happen. Could you just just imagine, I'm sorry, just for a second, Jimmy Stewart as Han Solo. Watch your mouth there, boy. Oh, you'll find yourself floating home. Mary, tell him. (laughs) You know, I mean, could you imagine? (laughs) That would be pretty good, actually. It would be. Um, you know, so it, it's all subjective. And I, I kind of like what you said about how you can enjoy it in the, in the moment because I enjoyed um, Force Awakens, uh, uh, The Last Jedi, you know, in the moment. Right. But when you get home, it's like, God, that, that really didn't work for me. You know what I mean? Right. I think it's amazing how the, there was this one guy who was bawling like a girl. That's an awful thing to say. He was bawling like a baby like I was when he first saw The Last Jedi. Because the thing is, is it who was you, this guy. I'm not going to even okay. mention his name. And oh my God, it was awesome. It was it was the most awesome Star Wars movie I've ever seen since The Empire Strikes Back. It was beautiful. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was a perfect Star Wars movie. If they don't give it an Oscar, they don't know what they're talking about with movies and stuff. And, he, and then he goes on Reddit and he reads how these guys have picked the movies apart. And then all of a sudden, that was the worst Star Wars movie I've ever seen in my life. It was awful. I couldn't stand it. It's awful. I never liked that movie. It was awful. I d- don't even mention it. I, I'm erasing it from my memory. It's erased. What are we talking about? It's awful how you. Th- there are people out there who need to have their opinions given to them via a download through social media. You either well, like, you, you know, some some people just want something to complain about, and I wish right. you know there there are merits to you know debating a movie. Like you right. know, I don't think Citizen Kane is the greatest movie ever made. I know we had this conversation. Uh, you actually wrote yeah. an article on it, but 
you know, and that's and you can have a debate. But when it when it comes to stuff like Star Wars, Star Trek, something very um, beloved by a lot of people, if you say anything negative or positive to someone who is of the opposite mindset, right. you know, they'll they'll try to kill you for it. And it's just like, why can't I say I liked it? And you say you didn't like it. And, you know, we could discuss it, but it, it goes beyond civil disagreement very right. quickly. Right. Speaking of civil disagreement, shout out to um, Howard Weinstein, who wrote perhaps one of the greatest Star Trek novels, um, Covenant of the Crown, just a, just a really great book um, for, you know, kids in junior high who were just trying to get their fix of Star Wars. And it does have a little bit of um, lost relic and trying to reclaim um, this ancient relic so that this girl could prove that she's the rightful ruler of, of her world and stuff. A great, great novel. If you can get your hands on it, it's worth a read if you're if you're into um, Star Trek nostalgia from that from that period. Um, and he has these discussions on his Facebook page. And he makes really great points about Star Trek Discovery. And the question is, have you seen it? Yes or no? Um, I've seen the first half of the first episode that they put for free. Okay. On, on TV. And then um, I like, I'll go this way. And this is making me kind of happy because just like the old days of the podcast when there was absolutely zero format to the show. Right. We just went on. It was like just us talking like we normally do. Right. Not on the podcast. But um, I watched it. I was excited. I, 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 I didn't understand why it looked like the um, the J.J. Abrams movies. Like Exactly. I don't dislike that style. I just don't understand how they put a show that takes place um, after Enterprise, but before the original series, if I'm correct. Right. 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 Um, and again, unpopular. Enterprise is my favorite version of Star Trek on TV. But um, I don't understand how it looked that way, how it looks so fundamentally different. And I guess they all do. Yeah. But it's like, okay, the next generation, you can argue, is long after Kirk. Yeah. And they just progressed quickly. 78 but years. When they, but when they start shoehorning in these things in between, you know, how does um, how does it look so different? And you could even argue, why does Enterprise look so different than the original series? I think that's, you know, it, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and yeah, it was made in the 60s and they had a certain style. I get it. But so I watch the first half of the first episode that was free on TV. And I was a little angry because I thought that they were going to put the whole first episode on. Right. You know, it was like, I'm okay with them putting like episode two forward on on demand. Yeah. But the first step, they said the first episode free. That wasn't the first episode. No. It was the first installment of the first episode. First half of the first and, episode. Right. And so it was like, all right. So I like Michelle uh, Yao. Yes. Yo. Yes. I, I, I like her. I like Doug Jones. I like a lot of the actors involved. I already knew. And I'm like, all right, I'm digging it. Yeah. And, you know, and then they show the Klingons and it's it, it's another one of those. I don't understand why they chose that. Why did they do that? Why did they do it like that? But it's just like, and maybe they've explained it since. I don't know. No, they but, have not. Oh, because they, 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 I had a hard time seeing them. First of all, I don't know if it was sure. my TV settings, but they're really dark. And like, it was very difficult, at least for me to distinguish features on their faces. Yes. And especially some of the darker Klingons. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the whole, you know, I'm not, I, I love the fact that they can add things to the mythos. Sure. But when you sure. fundamentally change it, you know, and I, I, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know why. I understand that they want to make it their own. But, you know, at no point had we ever heard about Klingons putting bodies on their ships, you know? Yeah. It's like almost like they are Reavers from uh, Serenity. Exactly. You're not you know? the first person to make that comparison. And and it, it, the mistake that they made is that Discovery should have taken place 78 years after Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, yeah. Because the thing is, is that. 
that that would have worked. It would have worked fine. That was the direction that they were going in. There's a lot of episodes of Discovery that I've watched with the family just so I can have something to talk about. Whereas I'm like, I like the story in and of itself and I can watch it and I can enjoy it and be in the moment while I'm watching it. And, you know, just like a lot of the other Star Wars fans, I can say afterwards, you know, that didn't work for me. I don't think I really liked that. That didn't do anything for me. And the thing that really sort of cheeses me off is that they're trying to make this a direct prequel to Star Trek, the original series. And haven't we already sort of proven that it's very rare that prequels actually work? Like The Hobbit was developed as a prequel to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And they took one book and they stretched it out into three movies and they tried to shoehorn other stuff in there. That I don't think that... Okay, you could have made The Hobbit into two books. That's a bit of a stretch. You could have done that. But three books? No, no. Um, movies? Huh? You mean movies? Yeah, three movies. One book. Yeah, I, I I agree. It was I was very disappointed with the Hobbit trilogy, and yeah, not only because I'm a big fan of the book, but it just didn't make sense. Like it's, they yeah. they try to put way too much stuff in there, and you know I think trying to put in extra stuff sacrificed the stuff that should be in there that it, was in the book, but it, was was uh, shortened because of the other stuff they had to add in there. They didn't have to shoehorn all of that that other no. stuff, not at all. And I'm I'm actually going somewhere with this. Whereas, like, if you're a Star Wars fan, you can only love the first three movies. Anything after that, with the exception of the Timothy Zahn books and the, the expanded universe, you're supposed to love those, but you're supposed to hate um, The Force Awakens, Rogue One, which I thought was an awesome movie, by the way, and The Last Jedi. And the thing is, is that to crap on these three movies, we have to elevate the prequels? I don't think so. But in the Star Trek universe, you can't be a Star Trek fan and not dislike Discovery in certain circles. You absolutely have to be on one of these people who have to love everything about anything with the word Star Trek on it. You have to love it. It's It has to be the most incredible thing you've ever seen on TV since the last Star Trek episode. Or people will come down, not, not, not Mr. Weinstein, but all the people who follow him on Facebook. Because if you say anything out of line, if you say there are things about this, this TV show is depressing. Star Trek Di- Discovery is depressing. It's like Breaking Bad in space. And you say, oh, well, well, Eric, it's it's a war movie. That's what that is. It's a war movie. It's a war TV show. It's Star, it's Star Trek Wars. No, it, because the thing is, you look at Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers was probably about one of the worst wars in the history of all of mankind. You can watch Band of Brothers and bad things happen to good people, but it's still uplifting. You can watch Band of Brothers and not want to open up a vein or swallow a bottle of pills because it's so damn depressing. Star Trek Discovery is depressing. And you say that, you point it out, the captain has no clothes and people lose their minds. And well, it's, I, I, what, and that kind of goes back to earlier with like, they, people can't have a, you know, civil discourse. It's like, and it's not that they attack you for your ideas as to why the show is bad. They attack you personally. Oh, it's a personal thing. You know what I mean? It's, you're a bad person. You're stupid. I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't like this thing. Well, you know, you're an idiot and your mom smells funny, you know, and what? Your argument's invalid. I don't understand that. Why can't we just talk about the show? And it's, they 
just go wacky. It's, it's, it doesn't it, matter what the what the franchise is. You know, if, if you go, that's eh, really not my thing. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're stupid. It's well, a, it's a no, personal I'm not stupid, attack. I just don't like it. It's a and, and it always resorts to a personal attack. Like there's something wrong with you as a def- you are a defective human being, according to Trekkies. If you don't love everything that comes out of Paramount with a with a with a with a Star Trek seal on it, you're a bad person. And the thing is that it was like it, it, tone it down, Adolf. Okay, enough w- enough enough with the everything that everything that everything that your guy says or everything that everything that comes from the Roddenberry tree has to be perfect, has to be divine. Because it's I'm telling you, it's 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 so close to being a violent religious cult, and that's as, and that's as far as I can say before it, it's just, it's 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 gone too far. It's too freaking crazy, and um, it makes me wish there was no Star Trek at all anymore. It makes me wish it was all over. I wish that they would stop making Star Trek because of of the, just the, the zaniness from some of these Trekkies. And um, well, I don't know about that, but I know sometimes like if I need a fix, I'll go back and I'll watch like um, oh, I believe it was called Beyond the Stars. Great DS9, episode. Great episode. Where where he's where yeah where Cisco's the sci-fi writer. Yeah, and uh, you know, or I'll go back and I'll watch a single episode of The Next Generation that I particularly liked and yeah. you know that that gives me my fix because just, listen there's a lot of crap yep. on the next generation yes I mean if it was how many seasons eight seasons seven seven seasons you probably in my opinion if you combined it all together you had four really good seasons and then like one you know pretty good and then you had two seasons that were like it could have without these episodes I will I will tell you there was the excitement of the first season because it was like nothing we had ever seen before on syndicated TV. It was, hey, it's, oh my God, it's Star Trek. Oh, yeah. It's, oh my God, it's Star Trek. In I retrospect, in retrospect, it wasn't that great. Um, It was, it was, it's a fun idea. It was a great idea. And I'm glad that they stuck with it. I'm glad they didn't cancel it after two seasons. I'm glad that they, the third season is when it really took off. But speaking of taking off, um, I want to get, you know what? If I haven't gotten controversial enough tonight, um, Cloverfield Paradox. Have you seen it? No, I have not. I've seen Cloverfield and I liked it. What I what I really liked about Cloverfield the, was that the first movie yes. was the marketing leading up to the movie. It was just so unique with all like the little hidden messages and like posters and like websites and, you know, fake company websites put up. And like, if you look at certain things, there's like, uh, you have to decode it and sort of figure out what they're talking about and this secret. And it, it was very involving and um, yeah, yeah. kind of like an escape room where, you know, you're just part of it. You're not just a passive um, watcher. You're actually part of this thing now because of all these you know how how involved it got you uh you know the movie was okay you know it was all right but um and then i saw i started watching that 10 cloverfield lane yes and uh john goodman's great in it and i started getting bored i I don't know if it was me uh but i fast forwarded through most of the middle of the movie like i would just kind of like click through because it was kind of like the same thing yeah like i get it they're trapped and they're gonna try to get out yep and it, it wasn't very compelling to me and then, you know, I watched the ending. All right. Okay. I could have, I saved myself a lot of time by doing that. And I still got the gist of the movie. Yep. Um, but no, I have not watched the um, Cloverfield Paradox yet. All right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil this movie for you. I'm not going to spoil this movie for you, but here's a couple of things that I will tell you. Um, it's a great, and Walt said this much better than I will. It's a really good two and a half hour episode of Black Mirror. And if you, and if you're a Twilight Zone fan, the original Twilight Zone, or you're a fan of the several the, the revivals of the Twilight Zone 
that is that has come and gone since the late 1960s. And I haven't seen Black Mirror yet, by the way. It's it's a great sci-fi, science fiction anthology series. It's great. There's some some episodes that suck. There are some episodes that are really good, thought provoking, just like the original Twilight Zone. Um, and the thing is, is that the whole idea of these people trapped on a space station trying to force this generator to work that will help provide uh, a, a endless supply of energy to help the energy crisis on Earth is phenomenal. It's a phenomenal idea. What happens when you play God with a particle accelerator? If you can take all of the crazy, wackadoodle conspiracy theories and fears about the CERN super accelerator and put in a space station and just let it all play out and you're, and you're dealing with other things like opening up parallel dimensions and, sh- and, and stuff like that. It's a great movie. And I was at the edge of my seat, but I enjoyed it just for what it was. And there were cheesy moments. There are moments that are kind of like, what the hell? Um, does it relate to the other movies? It actually does. And it okay. actually explains some of the aspects of of, of the Clover, of, of the, the first two Cloverfield movies. And it was just like, it's not until the last, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes that you figure out, holy crap, this is this is a prequel to the other Cloverfield movies. And it was like- So you just ruined it. Thanks, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything like that. I'm not going to- I'm, I'm not going to say that it's, a, that, that it's a prequel and you only find out in the last 15 minutes. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I blow it for you? It's the I don't know. I haven't seen it. I think the way that they pull it off, the way that they pull it off is brilliant. But again, it's like it's every, it's like anything else. When you walk away from it and you start to pick it apart in your brain, you're kind of like, I don't know if that worked. It works great in the moment. It's so great in the moment when you're seeing it. And then when you turn off the TV and you go to bed and you're brushing your teeth and you're and you're thinking about the movie, you're kind of like, I don't know if that works for me. I think we we get too much into our own heads and, you know, we feel like we have to be like these analytical masters and like, you know, pick apart uh, things that we like because we have to justify it somehow. And uh, maybe we need to learn, we as a whole society need to learn just sometimes guilty pleasures are all right. Sometimes, I, you know, I want to watch this movie that's not very popular because it just makes me feel good. You know, I like it and we shouldn't have to explain it to anybody else why we like it. And more importantly, we shouldn't have to explain it to ourselves. Sometimes it's okay just to go, I like watching SpongeBob because it makes me feel good. You know, I think it's funny and, you know, I don't care if you think that's weird. You know, I like, and I'm saying that about me. I like it. I like SpongeBob. I think it's funny. Yes. And I enjoy watching it. Um, I shouldn't have to explain that. Just like somebody who wears, you know, a furry animal costume likes it and shouldn't have to explain it. Or like somebody that likes dressing up as, you know, Spock with the ears or as a stormtrooper. They shouldn't have to explain why they like it. They like it. You know, and here's the thing, and I was talking about this earlier on the on the Fedora Chronicles Facebook group. Why does there have to be an origin story to every aspect of a character's life? Why do we have to find out, oh, well, that's the reason why he wears the monocle and, and the cravat. Oh, now it all makes sense now. I, you know, why? I agree. Why? Like, why? They're making a, uh, I, was, I was reading earlier that uh, Joaquin Phoenix is in talks to play the Joker in a standalone DC movie. And, you know, it's like an origin movie. And it's like, I don't want to know his origin. I like the mystery. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to know, you know, I don't want to look behind the curtain on that one. And, you know, I think that's also a mistake that DC is making that they have all these properties and they have so many changes like, oh, this is, you know, it was uh, Heath Ledger. Well, it's not, they had to go with a different guy because he passed, but then they had Jared Leto, which who I thought did a great job as the Joker. I appreciated 
just sure, take. Sure. Um, and then now they're thinking about getting somebody else. And it's like, there's no continuity, even if they're considered to be Elseworlds stories or like alternate stories in, you know, their multiverse. It's like, nobody's going to care. They're just going to go, oh, that's just a different actor playing the Joker. You know, it's that's why partly partly why the Marvel movies are so successful, because it's the same people. You have this guy playing the character all through 12 movies or you have this character, this this lady, you know, you know, doing cameos in all the movies that, you know, she's the same character. It works because there's a continuity. Yeah, that's why I think DC is failing, in my opinion. Yeah, I I, but, th uh, I think that yeah. one of the one of the issues that I have with all the DC movies is that they're trying to recreate exactly what Marvel did with the Avengers. Um, and it's not working. It's falling flat. They're actually trying to do a darker version of the Avengers. And it was just leave it be. Just do your own thing. Don't even don't even don't even look at the Avengers. Just do your just go off and do. Um, and I think I and why does everything have to be a franchise? I cannot believe I'm saying this as somebody who is obviously an Indiana Jones fan and a James Bond fan um, and, and, and a Star Wars fan. Um, um, and, and I have I, I have yet to see a Star Wars movie that I really genuinely hate. Um, why does everything have to be a franchise? Why does everything have to be a series of movies? Why does everything have to be if a movie is really good and really successful uh, like the original E.T. Like E.T. E.T. hasn't had a sequel. Did we even need a sequel to E.T.? Why did we? You know why we didn't? We no. didn't. You know, Close Encounters right. of the Third Kind. Did I know uh, the 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 one movie that I've always wanted to see a sequel for, uh, and I'm glad they never made it was The Iron Giant. Yes, great movie. It deserves a sequel. It it begs at the end of the movie to be made into a sequel, and they haven't done it. And I hope they never do. Yeah, because it's perfect the way it is. Open ended. There's no. There's it. It leaves more questions than answers. It's kind of unresolved and it's perfect that way and I swear I hope they never make it it's the one movie that I can say that I always want them to make a sequel and I hope they never do yeah it's one of those movies it's exactly it's just like E.T. you don't need mm -hmm. a sequel it's fine just the way it is um did the do the Incredibles need a sequel I, I don't think oh, yeah. so oh yeah you think they you think you think we need a sequel to the Incredibles yeah okay yeah I just love uh it you know I need a sequel to the Incredibles I want to see it I just I just have a feeling well I just don't want it to fall into the uh you know the the trap of well we're just going to make some more money off of this thing and write it but I don't think so because it's been such a long time you know they've they've worked hard on this movie so hopefully they uh did a did the right job so we'll see well so anyway before I let you go um we're not going to wait another year for you to do another, another podcast you're going to have to come back and do this on a regular basis again um and I and I really like this is my first time I'm sure there's other you know ways to do it but we usually use Skype and um even if it starts out strong I can usually hear like you start to like gurgle out and yes at least on my end that's that's what it sounds like right and like you would talk and then like it would drip right or dip down and then come back and this with the Google Hangouts crisp and clean all the way through at least for me I don't know what it's gonna sound like on the playback but for me crisp and clean it's getting to the part it's getting it's getting to the bewitching hour where things are starting to because everybody's getting online um so anyway really quickly Black Panther is it going to be worth the hype uh I don't know I haven't seen it I mean Black Panther is another one of those characters like Iron Man where they're not A-list characters at least originally in the comics and you know look what happened with Iron Man I mean it was like a huge deal it launched the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you know with obviously because of Robert Downey Jr. yes John Favreau did a great job directing the movie but Robert Downey Jr. brought Tony Stark to life and nobody 
knew they wanted an Iron Man movie, you know? I mean, unless you were a big fan of Iron Man, which before the movie came out, wasn't a lot of people. And same with Black Panther. It's like, you know, I know Black Panther. I know of him and stuff and Wakanda and all that jazz, but never been a real big fan. You know, I could have gone the rest of my life without seeing a Black Panther movie, but I think that, uh, I forget his name, the actor that plays uh, T'Challa. But, you know, I think he does a a fantastic job. In Civil War, he was great. I'd like to see more of it. And I think from what I've seen uh, from the trailers, it looks good, but you never know until you see the movie. But given Marvel's track record, I'll go see it. Um, you know, so I'm I'm actually kind of looking forward to it because it just looks like fun and exciting. I'm going to contradict what I said earlier in the show. Um, I'm excited about Black Panther a lot, and I think it's awesome that they're they're taking the weakest month out of the year where there's hardly any releases, and they're releasing this in Black History Month, and mm-hmm. when there's nothing else worth seeing in the theater because this is like Oscar Oscar bait season is 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 over the Christmas holiday movie season is over this is always a dry spell this is when they release movies to die in February but they're taking this incredible it looks awesome it looks like it's it's a it's a perfect blockbuster but they're releasing it in February which is the slowest month for movies because they know that this people people are dying to see this movie I think it's going to do awesome not only because it's going to be an incredible movie but it's also <laughs> there's nothing else to compete with it that's the thing that it's like well, this is it's maybe, brilliant but what, what what i like is that they're they're and you know marvel i think is really taking the uh forefront in this where they're taking a an underused character for the most part um and making him a star and not changing i i don't know much about the character in terms of like the full details but not changing much and you know he's not going to be some white guy now he, they're keeping him black and the the black panther movie looks to be predominantly black yeah and i have no issue with that i like that and i think it's high time that we take because the characters are out there whether they're you know other than white or gay or some other you know part of society the characters are out there we don't need to take current characters and change them to be more uh socially sensitive to other groups those characters are out there we just need to make those movies and tell those stories and it's i think it's great that marvel's doing it with black panther and i hope they do it in the future with you know other characters that are you know like i said maybe sideline characters that deserve to have their stories told oh absolutely yeah but with without a doubt this is this is the marvel this is the movie that marvel really needs to make right now it it they really needed to do black panther um just like they had to do Gar- guardians of the galaxy um and i'm gonna like i said i, I started to say something but i went in a different direction i'm gonna contradict myself by saying i'm really looking forward to solo the the the, uh the han solo origin story movie and i'm saying that i'm really looking forward to this because they're going in a direction i did not expect them to go in whereas han solo is really sort of just one of the guys like this looks like a star wars version of a heist movie this from everything that i've read that it's not just the origin story of just han solo or when han met chewie it's you know it's an origin story about Lando and it, it introduces a whole bunch of other characters we have yet to meet before including a brand new right out of the showroom floor Millennium Falcon before Han Solo mucked with it <laughs> you know um, and the sets look beautiful the interior of the Falcon looks beautiful and it looks um, it really does look amazing the problem that I have with are they going to over explain every aspect of Han Solo are they are they going to are they going to do like a like a montage scene 
talking about how he finds his famous black vest. Really? Are we are we going to go there? Are we going to do that? You know, this is going this is going back to that story that I don't know needed to be told. You know, I mean, sometimes it's nice to have a little mystery, you know, I, and Han Solo is that kind of character. It's like he has a mysterious past and we know that he won the ship from Lando in a card game or a dice game or whatever it was. And I'm OK with that. I mean, yes, I'll go see it. But, you know, I don't know if we needed that movie, but I'm more looking forward to um, the, the Lando character in the yeah. in the movie than yes. the Han Solo character. Yeah, that's that's I'll be honest with you. I, I think that there's so many aspects of this movie that I'm looking forward to. And, and the actor, I can't remember his name, who's playing Han Solo. You realize if he does a good job on this, they're probably going to ask him to do Indiana Jones, a young, a, a younger version of Indiana Jones in a, in, in a couple of years. I don't know about that, but I mean, I don't know the, I mean, I've seen his face, but I've never really seen him in anything. So I can't say whether he's a good actor or whether he'll be a good Han Solo. I don't know, but uh, I, you know, somebody knows who he is because he got cast. So yeah, that's all that matters. Time will tell. So, be, so we're looking at the clock here. We're out of time. The hour's almost up. Um, any, any, uh, any final thoughts, any positive vibes you want to send the listeners away? That, uh, you know, keep listening. Thanks for listening. I hope uh, we can do more of this. Or at least I can do more of this in the future. Um, it's nice to get back on the uh, podcast where you and I started it. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll see them next time. Absolutely. Well, good night and thanks for joining us. And um, by the way, don't forget, join our Facebook group. It's easy. Just go to Facebook, obviously. And it's, um, it's, uh, it's facebook.com slash group slash Fedora Chronicles. Um, follow us on Twitter at Fedora Chronicle. We even have an Instagram page um, um, at Fedora Chronicles. You have a Twitter page, right? I do. What's your Twitter? My name. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't. use uh, handles or anything like that. I'm just me. Okay. Alright. Well, thanks for coming and uh, we're, we're going to do this again real soon, okay? Oh, you bet. Alright. Good night, Doug. Good night. This has been the Fedora Chronicles radio show and a co-production of the Diesel Punk Podcast. You can find out more about us by going to our websites, thefedorachronicles.com and dieselpunks.com. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. You can find these links on our homepages. Be sure to visit our sponsors, Chester Cordite, Landron Artifacts, and the Trinity Whip Company. Also, check out the friends of our show, Penman Hats and Reconstructing History. Once again, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off, and keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>